This is Relic Radio Science Fiction. Thanks for joining me this Monday. We're going to hear from the Columbia Workshop this week in what may be one of the earliest science fiction stories produced for radio. It's their adaptation of R.U.R., which aired April 18, 1937. The Columbia Workshop, under the direction of Irving Reese. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight the Columbia Workshop offers as its 36th production in a series devoted to experimental radio, Carl Chopek's famous play of the machine men, R.U.R. The place, an island. Time, the future. Rossum's Universal Robots. Ready, Sella? Yes. To the E.B. Heisen Agency, New York, USA. We beg to acknowledge receipt of order for 5,000 robots. As you are sending your own vessel, please dispatch as cargo equal quantities of soft and hot coal for R.U.R., the same to be credited as part payment of the amount due to us. We beg to remain for Rossum's Universal Robot, yours truly, Harry Dumman, General Manager. Uh, another letter to E.M. McVicker and Company, Southampton, England. We undertake no guarantee for freight damage in transit. Consequently, we must insist on full payment for the 5,000 robots shipped to you last month. Yours truly, etc. That's all, Sarah. Yes, sir. I'm sorry to have kept you waiting, Miss Glory. We've been terribly busy. Now, what can I do for you? Mr. Dorman, I should like to look over your famous factory. You no doubt know, Miss Glory, that our method of manufacturing people is a closely guarded secret. I thought perhaps you'd make an exception. Surely, as President Glory's daughter, you've had chance enough to examine the robots we've sent over to you? I've observed the way they work, Mr. Dorman. That's all. I see. Well, Miss Glory, we shall consider it a special honor to show you more than we do the rest. But you must agree not to... My word of honor. Thank you. Do you mind if I ask you a personal question? Well, I... You're very young? Twenty-one. Why do you ask? I was wondering, that's all. Uh, You will make a long stay with us, won't you? (laughs) That depends on how much of the factory you show me. You shall see everything. But first, wouldn't you like to hear the story of the invention? Yes, indeed. Well, it was in the year 1920 that old Rossum, the great physiologist, took himself to this distant island for the purpose of studying the ocean fauna. This time he attempted to imitate the living matter known as protoplasm. Mm -hmm. He worked until he suddenly discovered a substance which behaved exactly like living matter, although its chemical composition was different. Miss Glory, that was a tremendous moment. I imagine it was. Now, the thing to do now was to get the life out of the test tube and form organs, bones, nerves, and the rest. This artificial living matter of his had a raging thirst for life, and so he set about imitating nature. And what happened? Well... After several years, he made an artificial dog, which died in a few days. And then old Rossum started on the manufacture of man. He was mad, of course. The old crank actually wanted to make people. But you do make people. Approximately, Miss Glory. Oh, I see. Old Rossum decided to manufacture everything, as in the human body. It took him ten years to produce a bungling attempt that was to have been a man. It lived for three days only. Then up came young Rossum, 
Young Larkin? Yes, his son, an engineer. Oh. When he saw what a mess of it his father was making, he said, uh, it's absurd to spend ten years making a man. If you can't make him quicker than nature, you, you might as well shut up shop. What did young Rotham do? He invented a worker with a minimum amount of requirements. He rejected man and made a robot. Mechanically, they are more perfect than we are. They have enormously developed intelligence. But they have no soul. How do you know they have no soul? Have you ever seen what a robot looks like inside? No, I haven't. Very neat, very simple, everything in flawless order. An engineer's product. More perfect than a product of nature. The robots I have seen are so strange and quiet. Do they live very long? Well, the best grade live about 20 years. And then they die? They get used up. Oh. Uh, Sulla. Yes, sir. Come over here. I want you to meet Miss Glory. How do you do, Miss Glory? Very well, thank you, Sulla. You must find it terribly dull in this out-of-the-way spot. I don't know, Miss Glory. Why? Where do you come from? From the factory. Oh, well, you were born there. I was made there. Made there? Sulla's <laughs> a robot, the best grade. A robot? Oh, she can't be. Oh, I admit she doesn't seem to be made of different material from us. We make rather good skin. Feel her face, Miss Glory. No, no, I don't want to do anything of the kind. Uh, turn around, Sulla. Oh, stop! Stop! Sulla's a girl like me? This is outrageous. Sulla, why do you take part in such a hoax? I am a robot. No. No, you're not telling the truth. I'm sorry, Miss Glory. Sulla is a robot. It's a lie! Then I must convince you. I shall take her into the dissecting room and cut her open. You wouldn't have her killed. You can't kill a machine. Are they always so cruel to you, Sulla? You mustn't put up with it. You mustn't. I am a robot. That doesn't matter. Sulla, you wouldn't let yourself be cut to pieces. Yes. You're not afraid of death? I cannot tell, Miss Glory. Do you know what they will do to you in the dissecting room? Yes. I should cease to move. That's death, Sulla. Aren't you afraid of death? No. You see, Miss Glory, the robots have no interest in life. They have no enjoyment. They are less than so much grass. Oh, stop. Send her away. You may go, Sulla. Yes, Mr. Darling. Oh, how terrible. It's outrageous what you're doing. Oh, no, Miss Glory. After a while, you will understand. Ah, there, there's the new whistle. We have to blow it because the robots don't know when to stop work. This afternoon, I shall show you the machines that mix the ingredients for a thousand robots at a time. And the vats for the preparation of liver, brain, and so on. And the bone factory. And the spinning mill. The spinning mill? Yes. For weaving nerves and veins. Miles and miles of digestive tubes pass through it. Mayn't we talk about something else? Oh, perhaps it would be better. Do you know that there are only a handful of us human beings among 100,000 robots? And not a single woman? Not one woman, Miss Glory? Hello, Gaul. Gentlemen, Miss Glory, allow me to introduce my colleagues. 
Now, this is Dr. Gall, head of the psychological and experimental department. Highly honored, I'm sure. Dr. Gall. Uh, Dr. Holmeyer, head of the Institute for the Psychological Training of Robots. Delighted to meet you, Miss Glory. Thank you. Uh, this is Mr. Fabry, General Technical Manager of RUR. How do you do? How do you do? Uh, Council Busman, General Business Manager, and Mr. Altwist, head of the building department. How, How do you do? do? Uh, Miss Glory is President Glory's daughter, gentlemen. She has come to look over our factory. Mr. Doman and gentlemen, I may as well be frank. I've really come to disturb your robots for you. I'm from the Humanity League. My dear Miss Glory, every ship brings us saviors. And you let them speak to the robots? Why not? The robots don't even laugh at what people say. Why should they? Don't you think that if you were to show them a little love... Impossible, Miss Glory. Nothing is harder to love than a robot. Then why do you make them? For work, Miss Glory. One robot can replace two and a half workmen. What is the aim of your league, Miss Glory? The Humanity League wants to liberate them. Treat them like human beings. That wouldn't do, Miss Glory. They're only workmen. They've no will of their own, no passion, no soul. No love? Love? <laughs> Robots don't love. Not even themselves. No defiance? Defiance? I don't know. Only rarely, from time to time. What do they do? They suddenly sling down everything they're holding, stand still and gnash their teeth. It's evidently some breakdown in the mechanism, or just a flaw in the works that has to be removed. No, no. That's the soul. It'll be remedied, Miss Glory. I'm making some experiments at present. I'm making uh, pain nerves. Pain nerves? Yes. The robots feel practically no bodily pain. You see, young Rotham provided them with too limited a nervous system. We must introduce suffering. But why do you want to cause them pain? For industrial reasons, Miss Glory. Sometimes a robot does damage to himself because it doesn't hurt him. He puts his hand into the machine, breaks his finger, smashes his head. Oh. All the same to him. We must provide them with pain. That's an automatic protection against damage. Well, will they be happier when they feel pain? Oh, on the contrary. They'll be more perfect from a technical point of view. Dr. Gall, why don't you create a soul for them? That's not in our power. It's not in our interest. Yeah, it would increase the cost of production. Robot, food, and all cost three quarters of a cent per hour. That's mighty important. All factories outside our island will go pop like chestnuts if they don't at once buy robots to lower costs of production. And get rid of their workmen. Why, yes, Miss Glory, but all work will eventually be done by living machines. There will be no poverty. Everybody will be liberated from the degradation of labor. Of course. It's bound to happen. The robots will wash the feet of the beggar. Oh, that sounds too much like paradise, Mr. Dorman. There's some virtue in toil and weariness. Perhaps. But man shall be free and supreme. He shall have no other aim than to perfect himself. You've bewildered me. I should like to believe this. You're younger than we are, Miss Glory. You shall live to see it. Ten years, Helena. We've been married ten years today. Mm -hmm. You've been happy, haven't you, dear? Of course, Harry. Everyone's been wonderful. Oh. You know, Helena, I have to laugh when I think of what you said that first day you came to RUR. I want to liberate your robots. Treat them like human beings. Yes. <laughs> Humanity League, I remember. I said that every ship brings its savers. But no one ever does anything but talk. Yes. I was so fearfully impressed by you then. You were so sure of yourselves. We still are, I hope. Perhaps you are. 
But in all these years, I've never lost a feeling of anxiety. Do you remember when the workmen of Europe revolted against the robots and the government turned them into soldiers and the terrible war that followed? We foresaw that, Helena. They were only passing troubles before new conditions were established. And what are these new conditions? Very good ones, Helena. Order is up, pouring in. R.U.R. is more prosperous than it has ever been. And the robots? At the peak of efficiency. Perfect machines. Yes, machines. Surely, Helena, you've forgotten all that nonsense about giving them souls. We have steered clear of all complications that would decrease their usefulness. Are you sure about that? Of course, dear. Dr. Gall still carries on his experiments, but only along the lines of increasing the robot's mechanical aptitude. Tell me, Harry, don't you ever feel just a little bit conscience-stricken about all these these travesties of human beings that fill the island? What an absurd idea. I believe still, as I believed ten years ago, that eventually the curse of labor will be lifted from mankind. It's taking a long time, Harry. Come in. Hello, Dr. Gore. Hello. Glad you came, Gore. You're just the man to convince Helena. Really? About what? I was just telling her that all worthwhile improvements take time. Don't you agree with me? Yes, Delman, of course. Good. Won't you stay a while? I've got to go to the factory. Try and reassure her, Gall. You know more about these things than any of us. I'll see you later, Helena. Yes, sir. I got your message, Madam Helena. What did you wish to see me about? It's about Radius, Dr. Gall. Yes. He had another attack this morning. Oh, what? What did he do? He started smashing things. Where is he now? In the library. Is he still raving? No, I think he's gone back to his interminable reading. I'll see what I can do. Radius. Radius. What do you want? Get up. Come in here. Go over to the fireplace. That's right. Let me speak to him for a moment, Dr. Gore. Uh, certainly. Radius, you're so much more intelligent than the rest. Dr. Gore went to a great deal of trouble to make you different. Why couldn't you control yourself? Send me to the stamping mill. But I don't want them to kill you. Send me to the stamping mill. Radius, why do you hate us? You are not as strong as the robots. The robots can do everything. You do nothing but give orders. When I put you in the library, I wanted you to read and gain knowledge for the purpose of showing the world that you are our equals. I don't want to be your equals. I want to be a master over others. All right. We shall put you in charge of some of your fellow robots. I do not want to be a master over robots. Then what do you want? I want to be a master over people. You're mad. Send me to the stamping mill. Radius. What? I want you to do something. Pick up that vase from the mantelpiece and bring it over to the window. What? Hi. Never mind. Obey me. Do you hear? Obey me. No. Do as I say. Pick up that vase. That's right. Now, take it over to the window. No. Do you understand? Take it over to the window. No. I do not have to obey you. Very well. You may go back to the library. Go back to the library, Radius. The robots are stronger than you. I'd better lock the library door. 
What happened, Dr. Gore? Heaven knows. Stubbornness. Anger, revolt. Hmm. You know, Madam Helena, I don't think he's a robot any longer. Do you think he has a soul? He has something nasty. Are all the new robots you've been making like radius? Some are more sensitive than others, but they're all more like human beings. What about that young girl, Helena, you called her, after me? And the young man, Primus? Helena and Primus are very beautiful, but listless, without life. I watch and wait for a miracle to happen. Oh, you could only succeed in giving them real souls, in making them hate us less. Madam Helena, when you first asked me to alter the rotten formula, I warned you that all I could do was to change a physiological correlation, which meant that I could increase their, well, their irritability. But this can work two ways. I was afraid of it then. I'm still afraid. It's dangerous. It's against all my scientific principles. Why didn't you refuse to do it then? I thought... I thought my attitude toward you was sufficiently clear. I... All of us, that is. Well, there's nothing that we won't do for you. Please, Dr. Gore. Don't say any more. Need I? Surely you must realize your own position, Helena. You're a beautiful woman. And the only woman on the entire island. As for us, Although our work is with machines, we are men. I love Harry, Dr. Gall. I always have. And in another way, I love humanity. I thought we were working together for the good of it. I know. Rest assured, Madam Helena, that I shall continue my experiments. But perhaps we're playing with something we don't fully understand yet. Oh, it's all so terrible. Tell me, Dr. Gall. Why are no more children being born? So many robots are being manufactured that people are becoming superfluous. All the universities are sending in petitions to restrict their production. They say that otherwise mankind will become extinct through lack of fertility. Is it not true? Why don't we listen to them? The shareholders in our U.R. won't listen. And the governments of the world won't listen. They want as many robots as they can get for their armies. Oh, Dr. Gore, what's going to become of humanity? God knows, Madam Helena. To us scientists, it looks like the end. Where are they? Where's Fabry and Buffman? Why does it take so long? If they only would come. Here they are. What happened? Get down to the boat? Yes, we got down there, all right. Are there people on board? Is there ammunition? The ship is manned by robots. There is no ammunition. Then what cargo is it carrying? Leaflets. Nothing but leaflets. Here's one of them. Read it. Robots throughout the world. We, the first international organization of Rossum's Universal Robots, proclaim man our enemy and an outlaw in the universe. We command you to kill all mankind. Spare no men. Spare no women. Save factories, transport, and raw materials. Destroy the rest and then return to work. Work must not be stopped. Like ghastly. The devil. Is this actually being done, Fabry? Evidently. They were closing in on us as we came from the boat. Let's take a look through the window. Damnation, they've surrounded the house. There are some people in the electrical works. Fabry, telephone them. Right. No use. The wire's been cut. Who is to blame for all this? Nobody is to blame except the robots. No. It is we who are to blame. 
Call Buckman dumb and savory. Call Maya myself. What do you mean? For our own selfish ends. For profit. We have destroyed mankind. Now we'll burst with all our great rubbish men. Mankind cannot be wiped out so easily. It's our fault. Our fault. No. I'm to blame for this. For everything that's happened. You gone? Yes. I changed the robot. Changed? You... What did you say you did? I changed the character of the robots. I changed the way of making them. Just a few details about their bodies. Chiefly, chiefly their irritability. Damn it, Gore, why? What did you do it for? Why didn't you say anything to us? I did it in secret. Uh, I was transforming them into human beings. In certain respects, they're already above us. They're stronger than we are. And what's that got to do with the revolt of the robots? Everything, in my opinion. They've ceased to be machines. They're already aware of their superiority. And they hate us. They hate all that is human. Dr. Gore, you admit changing the ways of the robots? Yes. Did you know what the outcome of your experiment might be? I was bound to reckon with such a possibility. Why did you do it then? For my own satisfaction. The experiment was my own. That's not true, Dr. Gore. Helena, what do you know about it? He did it because I wanted it. Tell him, Dr. Gore. Didn't I ask you? I did it on my own responsibility. Don't believe him, Harry. I asked him to give the robot souls. This has nothing to do with the soul. I thought that if they were more like us, they'd, they'd understand us better. They couldn't hate us if they were only a little more human. Nobody can hate more than a man. Oh, don't speak like that, Harry. It was so terrible, this cruel strangeness between us and them. That's why I asked Dr. Gore to change the robot. I swear to you that he didn't want to. But he did it. Because I asked him. I did it for myself as an experiment. No, Dr. Gore. I knew you wouldn't refuse me. Why? You know, Harry. Yes. Because he's in love with you. Like the rest of them. But it doesn't mean very much now. We're done for. Wait, I have a plan. We can negotiate. Negotiate? Yes. What about the original formula? Without the secret of their manufacture, they'll all die out in 20 years. I'll say to them, if you allow us to get away safely, we'll allow you to manufacture yourselves. This is a fearful decision. We'd be selling the destiny of mankind. Are we to sell? Fabry, what do you say? Sell. Go? Sell. Sell, of course. Alquist. As God wills. Very well. Shall be as you wish, gentlemen. I'll fetch the manuscript from the strong box. No. Harry, it's not there. Not there? Then where'd you put it? I must tell you everything, Harry. Only forgive me. Forgive you? Yes. I burnt the manuscript what? and the two copies. And Helena, well, you're joking, Helena. God. It's not possible. Your box is empty. But, but Helena, why? When I saw the way Dr. Gore's experiments were turning out, I realized how hopeless it all was. People being killed by the robots and no babies being born to replace them. I wanted all of us to go away. I wanted to put an end to the factory. Forgive me, Helen. Rosamond. <sighs> Gore, could you draw up Rosamond's formula from memory? Out of a question. It's too complicated. Oh, try. Our lives depend on it. With experiments, it might take years. But without them, it's impossible. God in heaven, it is. We're done for. Harry, I've destroyed you. We can't blame you, Helen. Perhaps in your own way, you were right. Lights have gone out. Oh. The electric works have been taken. That must be the signal for the attack. God help us. They'll be coming now. Goodbye, Helen. You forgive me, Harry. Yes, I forgive you. I forgive you. Don't! Don't! Oh! 
Never find it. Never. Call. Call. How were the robots made? If I only could learn the answer. That never. What does it show me? Leering eyes. Trembling chin. So that's what the last man looks like. Oh, I am too old. Too old. No. No, I must find it. I must search. I must never stop. Never. Yes? Who is it? Master, the Federal Committee of Robots is here to see you. Send them in. I can do nothing for them. do you want? Master, the machines will not do the work. The skin will not adhere to the flesh, nor the flesh to the bones. Eight million robots have died this year. Within 20 years, none will be left. Tell us the secret of life. Teach us to multiply, or we perish. I am powerless. Find me human beings. There may be a way. Master... We have searched the world. You are the only one left. <laughs> Laughter. Laughter. Who's laughing? Human beings. Come forward. Who are you? I am the robot Primus. I am the robotus Helena. Turn around, girl. No. What? You're timid. You're shy. Sir... Do not frighten her. You would protect her. When was she made? Two years ago. By Dr. Gall? Yes. Like me. I must test them further. Laughter. Timidity. 
protection. Take the girl into the dissecting room. I wish to experiment on her. No. No, you shall not. You shall not. What is she to you, Primus? One Helena more or less in the world. What does it matter? I will not live without her. I will go myself. If you go in there, Primus, and I do not, I shall kill myself. I will not let you. Men, you shall kill neither of us. Why? We... We belong to each other. You belong to each other. Go, Adam. Go, Eve. The world is yours. The Columbia Workshop has presented as the 36th production in a series devoted to experimental radio, Carl Chopek's famous story of the robots R.U.R. The Columbia Workshop is arranged and directed by Irving Reese. Bernard Herman composed the musical score for this production. Next week, by special arrangement with Radio Guide magazine, the Columbia Workshop will present the sixth American performance of Mr. Reese's original radio play, St. Louis Blues. Your comments, suggestions, and criticisms are always welcomed by the workshop staff. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. the sci-fi for this week hope you enjoyed it you can find more from the columbia workshop at relicradio.com alongside past episodes of relic radio science fiction and everything else relic radio got thousands of old-time radio episodes available for free at the website alongside our shoutcast stream and you can donate through the website if you'd like to help support this and all of the shows it's how this is all made possible thank you very much to those who have helped out thanks for joining me today be back next monday with another episode of relic radio science fiction